Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Have you ever seen a situation where a person who is married to one person believes that he or she is madly in love with someone else? As a matter of fact, that might be you, or it may be your spouse, and you're trying to figure out what in the world is going on. We can actually tell you something about that. Or, or perhaps you've seen a relationship, it could even be yours, where one spouse dominates and controls the other person. Maybe it's your spouse dominating and controlling you, and you've had it up to here. Or maybe your spouse is telling you that you're the one who's doing that. I mean, we talk about subjects ranging across the board when it comes to relationships, including such things as, what if my spouse doesn't want to make love to me? Or what if I'm the spouse who doesn't want to make love? You can find free videos that speak to each of those and many, many other issues at youtube.com slash marriagehelper. That's youtube.com slash marriagehelper. And the videos average about 10 minutes. Some of them are a little bit longer than that based on the subject matter. There are over 300 videos available to you there on all these and many other topics about relationships and quite often about relationships that are in trouble. If you go there, we ask that you subscribe for two reasons. Number one, you will get information whenever we put a new video up. And that's, I think, maybe three a week or so we average putting new videos up. And you'll get to know what those are. So if one is of interest to you, you know that and you get to go look at it immediately. The other is you help us reach other people. Because the more people that subscribe to that, the more things that happen out there in that Internet world. And the more we're able to help other people. And so we ask you to subscribe for you. That's important to you, of course, and to subscribe for other people, if you will. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. I'm Dr. Joe Beam. This is my co-host, Kimberly Holmes. Kimberly is our CEO. She's the boss around here. We all work for her. On this program, we take your live calls, and we do our best to give you good, solid answers that you can use or direct you to resource, resources that are of value to you. If you want to call and talk to us, the telephone number is 657 383 That's 657-383-0812. Now, you can call that number and just listen if you wish. But if you wish to speak to us, when you hear that answer, press the number one, and that puts you in the queue to have your call screen so you can eventually get to us. Now, Kimberly, just before we came on, you were talking to our producer and our associate here about something about a quiz. What was that about? Yes. So just as Joe mentioned, when we opened up the program, a lot of the situations that we see are people who have been either their marriage has somehow been affected by an affair. Either they have been the ones to have the affair or their spouse has been the one to have Mm -hmm. an affair. And we actually have what we call an affair assessment on marriagehelper.com that we're going to put in the links here. And you can, but you can also find that by going to marriagehelper.com and typing in affair assessment. And what happens when you take that assessment is it guides you through a series of questions and it helps Mm -hmm. identify what has happened, what's going on. It asks you, uh, you know, how long things have been happening, this, that, or the other. And then based on the answers that you give, it then takes you to a page that you can get a free ebook that is based on that situation that you've ended up oh, in. Oh, so they're different ebooks. And based on your answer, okay. you either go to this page, that page, or the other page, or whatever. Like exactly, that. yes. Unlike some of those things out there, I've occasionally, Kimberly, gone on site where somebody has something like that. Mm-hmm. 
And I've gone back and answered the questions different ways every time, mm. which always led me to the same page the same with, with the same product yeah, they wanted no, me to buy. This is not like that. They weren't paying attention to my <laughs> answers. They weren't guiding me to the right, right. resource. All they wanted was my money. Right. But this actually guides you to a different free ebook based free. on mm-hmm. your situation. Based on the answers that you give and, and different things like that. So, you know, if your outcome is maybe that you don't know if your spouse is having an affair or not, but you feel like they are, you suspect that they mm, are, then you'll get an ebook on five signs that your spouse may be cheating. No, because I, you guys were just talking about this before we came on. Mm-hmm. Are these ebooks I wrote way back then, or did you write these ebooks or where do they come from? They're a mixture. Okay. So some of these <laughs> I actually participated in. I just yes, don't remember. You did. Okay. Well, a while back. They're a mixture. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They are a while back. We've been, um, for a couple of years, I've been using this affair quiz, and it's been very helpful oh. for the thousands of people who have gone through it, gotten the free ebook, gotten help from it. So okay. it's a really cool tool that we have. Well, I'm sorry I wasn't remembering that, but hey, it's been a know, while. At We've my age, I'm happy to remember being here. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Anything else you'd like to say before we start going to our calls? You know, I do want to promo Mm -hmm. you for a minute. You're going to be speaking soon in a northeastern state. Delaware. Delaware. When is that? In Georgetown, Delaware. Uh, Well, I'm talking about this. Mr. Producer, half of our questions are cut off on the screen. I can't see them. And so if you can help me with that, I'd appreciate it on my screen over here. And he'll fix that while we're talking about it. As a matter of fact, this past weekend, I was just in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I was with uh, the Austin. Thank you very much. Yet. Uh, it was with the, what they went back to where it was when you let go. <laughs> I was with the Austin Christian Church, mm-hmm. and they decided to do it in a, in a resort hotel or renaissance, and um, there were perhaps three, four hundred people there from that church. We had a great time. We just did it on a Saturday there. In the morning, I talked about love, the love process, what we call the love path. And then after that, I talked about sex. Mm-hmm. And then because it was a church, I came from a biblical standpoint, even though I'm a sexologist and talk about it in many different ways, as you understand. Well, okay, what, what does that say right there? <laughs> world's best sexologist. world's best sexologist given to me by one of my students uh hannah gave that to me so we we look at that and i taught human sexuality for eight years at lipscomb university here in nashville that's and she was one of my students another caroline is right over there who works with us now and she, only we only bring on the ones that are brilliant who actually come over here and work with us we got a lot of good students but these students are brilliant now that was a good thing that we did it was a lot of fun a lot of laughter they mm-hmm. learned a lot of good things the buzz was extremely positive and so let's just say this if you are in the georgetown delaware area i'm not real sure which church it is okay <laughs> so you, it's kind of like hide and seek <laughs> joe will hide you can go find can't him. be that many churches in georgetown delaware <laughs> it's not, not a very big town probably or not. if you are in a position to invite me to come speak for your church or organization we do that mm-hmm. and i can talk about a number of different topics concerning relationships. As a matter of fact, sometimes even invited into corporations to talk about relationships among employees mm-hmm. and among uh, uh, management and, and mm-hmm. people like that. Mm-hmm. And happy to do those things because the principles of our relationship are pretty well universal. Now, on this program, most of our questions are about marriage difficulties, and, and we're happy to help people with that. We we have been very successful by the grace of God in doing that, but we're happy to help you with any kind of relationship situation. And so we can come in and talk about just about anything that you want. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so it was this past weekend and the weekend I'm going to be in Delaware, actually, Kimberly, this weekend, I'm speaking Sunday here in Middle Tennessee in Spring Hill at Will Spring Christian Christian Church. Church, That's Mm -hmm. right. And then a couple of weeks after that, and we'll let people in Middle Tennessee know I'm going to do a love, sex and marriage there. Mm-hmm. on a Saturday right here in Spring Hill, Tennessee, if you're close by here. And then the one in Delaware. Right. It's the weekend. It's not this coming weekend, but the next weekend. Is that right? I believe 
I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I fly on the 20th. Right. I think I heard that this morning. Okay, so let's go here. And our first caller is going to be uh, from Pennsylvania. And we're going to be speaking to Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Kimberly, and hi, Dr. Beam. Thank you. How are you? How may we help you today? Um, well, my spouse is involved in an affair with his employee, um, says that it's an emotional affair, that it is not physical, but um, mm-hmm. I believe that he very possibly is in limerence. He definitely has rewritten our history. Mm-hmm. Um, I confronted him in August um, mm-hmm. when I first noticed a shift in his demeanor toward me. Um, and that kind of started this whole conversation where he told me, I love you, but his feelings had changed somewhat. He didn't feel he was in love, but he was very conflicted. He reassured Mm -hmm. me that there was no one else. Um, however, in November, I saw a text from his employee and realized that their relationship was not just professional. Um, And it's between him and someone who works for him. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, he, you know, has told me that he, that this just, you know, came about. He didn't go looking for this. Um, so starting in November, I've really done a lot of work um, with the help of a lot of your videos and things um, mm-hmm. on myself and, you know, what holes in our relationship would have kind of allowed for this to escalate um Hmm. and um you know all this time he has really stayed fairly ambivalent to doing anything um Hmm. we did start seeing a counselor um in january and um you know during all this our interactions have actually been very good. You know, we try and talk. We are still living Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. We have two small Mm -hmm. children. Um, Mm -hmm. But where I'm really struggling is in establishing boundaries that will not push him further away, but will Mm -hmm. also allow me not to just comply with this behavior. He um, There's a lot of factors involved. I mean, he works with this woman about 40 hours a week. Um, I, I actually am understanding to the fact that he really can't just go in tomorrow and fire her. And I don't think that he is willing to, um, but there's a lot of factors involved. Um, but what, you know, what I really do need to do is figure out, I am willing to, you know, it it seems like everything that I'm finding is that this will fade out, this will end at some at, point. At um, some point. May I ask you a couple of quick questions, I, if I may? Yeah, quick sure. couple of quick questions. Number one, does he own this business or is he working for this business yes. and somebody else owned it? No, this yes. is his company and she is one okay. of two employees. Okay. All right. Number two, how long have you guys been together? Fourteen years. Okay. Um, and, together okay. and married for seven. Okay. And how old is he? 42. Okay. And if, if, do you know how old the other person is? She's also 42. Okay. All right. Now, so he's claiming, Kimberly, make sure that I heard this right as well. He's claiming that so far it's just emotional. There's been no physical involvement. Is that what you said earlier? 
Um, I have said, and he said that they have not slept together. Um, you know, I, I have questioned if I'm sure that, you know, I've said, I'm sure you've kissed her. He kind of just avoids the question. So, um, mm-hmm. right. you know, to me, that is still physical in some way. So sure um, I do know he's told her he loves her. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you know, is the, is the counseling that you two are going to together, is it helping neutral or hurting? the relationship between the two of you? So with the help of marriage helper, I was, um, I tried to really look for someone to suggest to him that I thought would be very good as far as coaching and really Mm -hmm. have our relationship in the forefront. Um, The person that we're seeing, I do think is fairly beneficial, but the reason that he ultimately agreed to go is because they also were, it was more from the standpoint of discernment counseling, that he really wasn't sure if this was worth saving and Mm. kind of went into it that way, but now we have continued to go. Um, And, you know, some of the things that they've suggested, I think we've only gone now for time together and we each saw them once separately um, so you're still in so the, of the discernment process right no I mean they don't really specialize in discernment counseling what she told us she would do is she's familiar with it um, and kind okay. of approaches it in that regard um, mm-hmm. okay and so the question that you're asking now is that you're trying to set boundaries is that what the question is that you need to decide so, what you will and will not tolerate is that the question now Correct. I would say where I'm most struggling is establishing some type of boundaries, knowing that he's not ending this, you know, he's not ending his contact with her. He mm-hmm. kind of can't. Um, that will mm-hmm. not push him further away, but will also, you know, give me. Okay. Like, uh, you, you're looking for some peace of mind here. I understand. And that peace of mind yeah. becomes extremely important to have. So let's talk about the Kimberly just for a couple of minutes together, mm-hmm. if we may. Mm-hmm. When we talk about boundaries, we typically don't use that word. We use the word stop, which stands for safeguard that offers protection. Because sometimes boundaries use things, uh, they, they, they come up with things that really are just basically ways to control the other person. Right. And people react badly. Sure. Control. Control. Mm-hmm. And so when we say a safeguard that offers protection, we're saying look for something that really safeguards something that's important to you. Mm-hmm. For example, sometimes it becomes the welfare of the children. Mm-hmm. It, it can become your own emotional distress, mm-hmm. but you look for that safeguard. And that's when you establish what other people would call boundaries. We call a stop, a safeguard that offers protection. Now, when she says, but one that won't push him away, that's not mm-hmm. always possible. No, it's really not. Because number one, we don't know how he might react to any of them. But Mm -hmm. number two, when you draw any kind of line, there's typically going to be some kind of pushback. Mm -hmm. Now, it might not push him away. I think the real thing here is to just figure out where's this delicate balance where I don't push him too far away Mm -hmm. that he doesn't come back as easily. When we talk about it, then we talk about it like this. Understand that if you make a stop, if you say this is the safeguard that offers protection. Now, you keep saying that he can't fire her. I understand what you mean by that. He's either he or you or both of you are afraid of some kind of a lawsuit, those kinds of things. And I get that. And if he's a small business person and two employees, I don't know if he's making $10 million a year or 100000 a year. I don't know. But I understand that you can look at that and go, wow, if, if she were to do that, she could sink the business, then what do we do? I understand 
those concerns. Mm -hmm. I really do understand those concerns because we try to be practical. At the same time, what you have to decide is what's important to you. Now, there's a thing we talk about called the valley. Hmm. And in the valley, you're just going to say something all day, right? I didn't know where you were going with that. You could have said anything after. There's a thing we talked about called limerence. Yes, it was a lick in your eye like I have no idea. What no idea about. what you're going to say. I'm sorry. And please forgive us, Michelle. We're not laughing at you. We're laughing at the fact that we are just having that kind of day here. When we talk about a thing called the valley, which basically says this, if there is progress being made with you, and if you can handle what's mm -hmm. going on, mm -hmm. then sometimes you actually allow the other to continue for a little while. Mm -hmm. But notice, only if there's progress being made toward you. Mm -hmm. A person in the valley is a person who feels he, in this case a he, doesn't have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. I have this, I have this, I don't have to decide. And actually, if I heard correctly, and you know more about this because you can hear better than I, this discernment thing mm -hmm. is that he's let her know he hasn't made a decision. Mm -hmm. At least that's what they started counseling with, yes. Okay. But he's still okay. at home, which is, of course, meaning there at least sure. is some relationship with her. Mm -hmm. So you obviously have to make your own decision about what you do. But here's our suggestion. If there's progress being made, then for a while you kind of let it go like it's going. I understand mm -hmm. you're going, I don't want to be a doormat, and never should you be a doormat. I, I don't want to be taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Never should you be taken advantage of. But what we're talking about here is a psychological concept, and Kimberly's the psychologist, the psychological concept of self-determination. Mm -hmm. When you are making the decisions on your own, mm -hmm. then it's not nearly as oppressive. Mm -hmm. For example, if I'm going to let him do this for a while because this is the reason, here's what's happening, here's what's occurring, right. then you're not the doormat. You're not being taken advantage of. It's your decision. That's mm -hmm. self-determination. And, and that's really extremely important in these situations, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Why? Well, because if it's just that same concept of if you, if it was done to you, mm -hmm. then you would push back with it. You would have reasons against it. I mean, it would be, it would feel like you said more oppressive than you being in the driver's seat, realizing that there's a reason for why you're doing this. Um, even just yesterday, I was reading some about, is it Nietzsche? Is that how you pronounce the name? The philosopher that said, if you have a why, then you can endure any how, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So in this situation, it's if your why is there's positive movement happening, I'm doing this for a goal of bringing my marriage back together, and I'm going to endure this how, for the meantime, then it can help you get through that. Mm -hmm. And so if you understand that, then it's your decision. And we typically use the pies to help you figure out when you need to stop it. If it's affecting you or your children, believe it or not, even him physically in a negative way, then maybe it's time to end the valley. Intellectually, you can't think, you can't process, he can't think, he can't work. It's being made to affect your kids at school then it can be time to pull the plug on this emotionally. You, you follow the P-I-E-S, physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. Not just that it hurts, because the situation you're in hurts. But it's a situation where if you're being, you are being damaged, your young children are being damaged, or even he is being damaged in any of those ways, physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. That's when we say you really should seriously consider that it's time to put the stop. Mm -hmm. And the stop... Typically, um, we, we don't recommend one and done. Like if you ever talk to her again, I'm going to divorce you. Mm -hmm. Because people are human and sometimes they, they have to go through a process to get there. But it can be. Now, if you go find one of our old blog talkers, I don't know, I guess this thing's online still somewhere called it's the Definitive. It's on Marriage Helper. Yeah. Good. The Definitive Guide to Boundaries at MarriageHelper.com. It spends an hour and 15 minutes in an audio 
helping you understand how to do this. But an hour and 15 minutes more than we can do right here. But our recommendation is if you're making progress, maybe you wait a little while longer. But as soon as it starts doing damage, not just painful, but damage in any of those areas, then it's time to make a decision to do something. Will it push him away? The answer is it may. But, but understand this. We talk a lot about trying not to push people away. But sometimes you have to do something mm-hmm. that you know is going to push them away, but you accept that. Well, I'm doing this because it has to be done. And if it pushes them away a little, a medium or a lot, it's going to happen because it still has to occur. You can't always do things that are just pulls. Sometimes you have to make definitive stands to become pushes. Mm-hmm. Am I right? You are right. We just have to weigh the consequences before we do it. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're going to go over to Wisconsin and talk to Dan over there. Hi, Dan. How may we help you today? Hey, Dr. Joel and Kimberly. Um, first thing I want to do is thank you guys sincerely for your program. You have, mm-hmm. since I've started reaching out to you via internet, you have helped me tremendously, and, and I really appreciate Wonderful. you guys. Wonderful. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I, I know what the call screener says, but during this process, um, I've sort of had a revelation and made my own decision based off what the call screen says there. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. going to adjust temporarily here. My wife and I, of course, are going through issues, and we will be mm-hmm. attending your workshop uh, February 20th that weekend. Mm-hmm. It was originally supposed to go in March. She, she decided that, hey, let's try to see if we can talk this out. Um, let's go sooner. So we're going mm-hmm. the weekend after next. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. She posed a she posed a very good question to me. What does um, reconciliation look like? Now, my response to her was, I don't know. Hmm. But That's I fair. know it can't, mm-hmm. it can't be what we were doing before. Mm-hmm. Um, it led us down a horrible path. We have not mm-hmm. been well to each other for the last, you know, we've been married for uh, 13 years. Um, in March, March 31st, it'll be 13 years. Uh, we can't go down the same path is basically all I could tell her. And that mm-hmm. I am committed to changing myself through your Pies Boot Camp. Um, she actually enrolled in the Pies Boot Camp herself. Good. And because she saw the good positive changes it was making in me. So thank you guys so much for creating that program. Um, I can't mm-hmm. talk good enough about it. No, thank you. What? What does reconciliation look like? Obviously, it's going to be different for everybody, but it's how can I ensure mm-hmm. success? Okay. Hmm. Well, I don't know that I can ensure success even on whether we'll be here tomorrow. You understand? I mean, like a truck may hit you. But, but <laughs> if we go through the thing, of, um, reconciliation is a process. And, and it starts off when people mess it up, either it's because of the fact that they just begin the process and then they stagnate. They stop there and it doesn't go anywhere. Or, or they expect it to get too far too soon and start dealing with things they're not really ready to deal with right now. i tell you what, Kimberly, what if we start off uh, next Monday's program for the first 10 minutes, giving kind of what that process is on reconciliation? Are we on next Monday? We are. <laughs> next Monday is our story. As far as we know. Oh, I'm sorry. We already, we already have next Monday committed. What about the Monday after that? <laughs> that would be great. That would be the Monday after he goes to the workshop. That would be the Monday after you go to the workshop. Excellent. So two, two weeks Perfect. from today, two weeks from today, we'll start the program. 
explaining that process because it'll take a little longer than I have time for right here. But I will say this, understand, and I use this illustration a lot, it's not diving into the deep end of the pool because then you expect too much and probably end up drowning. Mm-hmm. What you do is you wade in from the shallow end a step at a time. And sometimes it goes a step to the right. Sometimes mm-hmm. it goes a step to the left, sometimes two steps back, but it is a process. And what we will do just for you, Dan, is two weeks from today, uh, we will spend the first 10 minutes of the program delineating, not being able to give it all the details, obviously, in 10 minutes, but giving an outline of that process. Mm. Would that be okay with you? That's, that's fantastic. Okay. You know, I, I, I cannot thank you guys enough. And not even, you know, my marriage still may not work out. But what mm-hmm. your program has done for me as an individual, I've never, never even considered it. But I can tell wow. you that I don't hate myself anymore because of your program. Mm. Oh, man, that's that's powerful. Wow. wow. Good for you, young man. I'm happy for you. I look forward to meeting you. I think I shall be at the 20th work, uh, the February 20th workshop. I'll be at least there on the Friday morning. I look forward to meeting you. Make sure that you know that, that, who you, that I know who you are, please, okay? All right. I will. Thank you, Dr. I, I really appreciate you guys. Have right. a great day. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. It's so amazing. Like really nice guy there. I know. That would yeah. be a good one to meet. There's a lot of really nice people there out there. There are a lot of really great people. Yeah. Okay. And since we're talking about the workshop, we have a call here from North Carolina about the workshop. So let's just go to that call. Hi, Jennifer. How are you today? Hi. I'm okay. How are you? Rocking and bopping. How may we help you? Um, I was calling. I had spoke to you about a year ago um, mm-hmm. at the time. My husband and I were separated after I had had a long-term affair, Um, and I've been using the Marriage Helper Principles. Um, I've been speaking to a coach. I just spoke to Melody today, Um, and we were just talking about um, my husband's filed for divorce a few weeks ago, and we've been separated for about a year and a half. Um, Even though he saw the positive changes, um, and has seen that they've been lasting changes. They're not, it's just not enough for him. He, mm-hmm. he just does not feel um, the attraction and he doesn't want to, to take the time or energy to figure out how to have an intimate relationship um, without being disgusted. And a lot of really valid, I, I mean, his feelings are very valid, um, but mm-hmm. he doesn't, he just doesn't want to try. So uh, over the last mm-hmm. year and a half, I've asked a couple times about the workshop um, and we're just trying to figure out like this last ditch effort, how I can get mm-hmm. him to go or how to ask him in a way. I don't have a lot of wiggle room in regards to negotiation because right now he kind of holds a lot of power. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're just, we're, I guess um, we're just trying to figure out what to do at this point. Um, okay. Our story and history is complicated. Um, we both had affairs on each other, but mm-hmm. it's my affair that's ending the marriage in his eyes. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we're just trying to figure out what to do at this point. Okay. And that's a fair question. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes people do it through negotiation that you mentioned already by that. We know that sometimes people make a deal like this is what you want in the divorce. So if you'll come to the workshop with me, I'll give you this in the divorce. And that's typically what people refer to when it's negotiation. Here's something Mm -hmm. I have that you can get that you want if you just do what I want you to do. And negotiations are fine when they work. But the underlying principle here is that everybody's favorite radio station is WIIFM. What's in it for me? 
So if you can find out what's important to the other person, and it's not always getting something in a deal. It's not always like I'm going to get this in the divorce. It, it can be other things that are important to them. So, for example, if if there are children involved, I remember um, particularly, we've seen it a lot, this one couple just popped into my brain, that she, this wife, particular wife, had had an affair. As a matter of fact, she had had multiple affairs. And, and the way that she uh, got her husband, not got him to come, but asked him to come and he conceded into the kingdom with her, was, okay, we still have children together. Mm-hmm. And I know that you love our children deeply. I love right. our children deeply. And while it is a marriage workshop, by the way, don't ever try to tell somebody that it's a parenting workshop. It is not. It is a marriage workshop. They will stop often and talk about principles that this particular principle applies to parenting this way, this particular principle. So, for example, this past weekend when I was in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, doing the love, sex, and marriage thing that I do there, when I was talking about the love path, mm-hmm. I would often stop and say, now, how do you think that applies to kids? Sure. And and they were as excited about that afterwards. Right. Wow, you really helped us understand about how we can be better parents. And mm-hmm. so, for example, if you have kids together, no matter what age the kids are, by the way, this is applicable even if the kids are 3, 13, or 33. Mm-hmm. Actually, 53 is still matters. Or what else is important to them? If he wants to be able to say, well, I want to know that I've done everything I and I'm not saying this is true of your husband, but if a guy were saying, I just want to know that I've done everything I could. Oh, okay. So what it is, is that you need to determine, or and sometimes you have to ask, sometimes you'll already know, mm-hmm. what's most important to the other person. Now, what about coming to this workshop can help that person get this? Right. And that, in a sense, is kind of a negotiation, but it's not really a negotiation. It's like, I'm going to help you get what it is that you want. Right. Not something I'm necessarily going to give up in the divorce, but help you get what you want. Right. You know, Amber, I'm thinking of Amber on our team when uh-huh. several years ago when her husband was gone, he'd been gone for 10 months, wanted the divorce. She asked him to go to the workshop. I think it was every single week for 10 months. <laughs> And he finally just went for the reason of what she decided that he wanted was her off his back. So it was, I'll stop asking you to go if you will just go with me. And ultimately he agreed to go and ended up, you know, saving their marriage. They've just had their third child and it's a beautiful story. It's the one all of us would want. Right. But sometimes I've even seen people, honestly, when they felt like they didn't have anything else, they just went to their spouse and they said, would you just go out of respect for me and the relationship that we have had. Yeah. And it's worked. So I can get closure and move on. So I can get closure and move on. And so, you know, there's, it doesn't always have to be some amazing, huge thing. It could mm-hmm. be something small that mm-hmm. ends up getting them to come. But ultimately, you don't want to be pushy about it. <laughs> no, no, it's always <laughs> their choice. Mm-hmm. Don't ever drag anybody into things like that. Um, because they're going to react negatively. Mm-hmm. The workshop itself is extremely effective in helping people with relationships. Mm-hmm. We even had one guy come. He said, I'm not here to save my marriage. I'm here because of the fact that I figure once I divorce her, I'm going to find somebody eventually, and I want to know how to do it right this time. You say, you would let somebody walk in if that were their motive? Absolutely. We wouldn't invite anybody into the workshop as long as they're going to be civil and participate. Mm-hmm. And you say, but what if they're just absolutely convinced I'm going to use this with the next person? Actually, that probably happens a lot when people walk in madly in love mm-hmm. with somebody else that they plan to marry once the divorce is final. We're still happy for them to come. And over the years, three out of four couples that come to our workshop actually wind up still married to each other seven years later. Mm-hmm. And, and we're happy that they come. Understand this, though. Everybody hear this. We do not twist people's arms to stay married. 
We won't do it. Mm-hmm. We don't manipulate them. We don't try to preach to them. I mean, sometimes people say, well, isn't you a Christian? Isn't Kimberly a Christian? Yeah, but we, in, in this particular context of that workshop, we do it from the context of social sciences, not from our religion. And, and we don't try to push anybody. We just teach a lot of good information. And it's amazing how much people grasp that they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Learn a lot about themselves. Mm-hmm. I like that gentleman to call a little while ago. I don't, I don't hate myself anymore. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. And so there's always great advantages to come. We, of course, exist because we hope that it does help you save your marriage. Right. But if we can help you, if that doesn't occur, we still want to help you know if we can. Mm-hmm. What am I leaving out here or saying incorrectly? We absolutely want to help. I mean, the... The thing is, we even if people come to the workshop with ulterior motives or in a situation that seems absolutely hopeless, or if they have a spouse who absolutely has no desire to be there or make the marriage work, it still works. It still has a 77% success rate, even for those people. The one thing I will clarify about what you said about parenting is, yes, what we teach at the workshop works with your children, but one of the powerful aspects, if you're going to, no matter what happens in your marriage going forward, staying Mm -hmm. together or being apart, is having a good relationship with each other for the kids. Even if you divorce. Even more importantly, if you divorce, because according to the research, which I had did my master's paper in, setting the effect of divorce on kids. And the worst thing that could happen for a child is for their parents to get divorced and still fight, still have high levels of conflict. Mm -hmm. And so when we're looking at talking about how the, the, the bear topper workshop is great for a co-parenting relationship, it's for that reason, not because you're going to sit there and talk about how to talk with your kids, but because you're going to sit there and realize how you can have a civil and good relationship with each other as co-parents even after a divorce possibly happens. It's the best thing that can happen for children. Absolutely, without a doubt. And that's a very, very good point. So now we're going to move over to Texas, and let's talk to Scott. Hi, Scott. How may we help you today? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a question about transitioning from basically smart contact and pies into trying to be a safe place. I've, I've been kind of part of the group here for a couple of months and through y'all's mm-hmm. help and a lot of self-reflection, I've realized that part of the reason that my wife is in the affair that she's in is because of the controlling behavior that, that I exhibited. Not, not meaning to, but of course that doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And yeah. So I've, I've had some good success. We, we have a lot. I mean, I've, I've really been working on my pies. I've lost about 60 pounds and Wow. wow! All the aspects. I'm trying to do really good smart contact, keeping being mindful of working on the E in pies when I'm having interactions with my wife. Trying to make sure I smile even if I don't feel like it. <laughs> trying to make sure that you know our our interactions are are at least neutral, if not positive. Mm-hmm. So we've done a good job. She she's she's willing to to talk to me about anything to do with the kids. And I've, I've gotten her to open up to me about like how her day is at work and, and things along those lines. Good. Um, so after listening to some of your podcasts, and, and one of the things I should say, just so you know, is that I'm aware of the affair that she's having, mm-hmm. but I've not disclosed that to her. The so she does I not know out, that you know. Is that correct? She does not know that correct. you know. Okay. That's, that's right. correct. And the way I found out was there was um, – there was a night over Thanksgiving break where she got up and, and slept in a different room. I guess my CPAP machine was bothering her. Mm-hmm. The phone went off at like 
4.15 in the morning. And so I, I didn't mean to, but I got up and I investigated why is this phone going off at 4.15. And I, I found evidence of the affair. And so I'm not snooping anymore. Um, in fact, the, the snooping and the trying to investigate online was how I, I found you all. So I, I guess that turned oh. out to be a good thing. Worked <laughs> in your um, face. So because and, and I'm working with one of the coaches, Vinny, and so um, mm-hmm. you know after talking with him, you know he mentioned that I shouldn't probably disclose that I know about the affair, at least not yet, because of the way that I found out, and so I, I haven't done that. Um, okay. But what happened yesterday, I took her to the airport. She had to go out of town for business this week. And um, the Bluetooth on my phone automatically connects to the car stereo. And mm-hmm. one of your podcasts from 2017 started playing. It was one of the ones where you opened with the phrase, your spouse is straying. And so she heard that. So mm-hmm. she, she didn't really acknowledge it or say anything about it, but – Mm-hmm. I feel like the cat may be out of the bag. She, I mean, if she was paying attention at all, she would know that yeah. I've been listening to podcasts about straying spouses. And why would I be doing mm-hmm. that if I'd been at least suspect? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to push. I don't want to try to force or push or control or anything along those lines. But I do understand that I need to be a safe place for her in order mm-hmm. to have her start tearing down, giving, handing me bricks and, and tearing down that wall and, and starting. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to push that, but I'm wondering, mm-hmm. I don't know what the best way to transition to that is. If I should just allow her to do it on her own time or I, I guess. Allow her to do, to do what on her own time? You mean allow her to allow tell her you about to, the affair? To recognize that I'm a safe place or yeah, perhaps maybe to tell me about the affair. What makes you think she's not already in the process of recognizing that you're becoming a safe place? I mean, you are talking Just about some things now, right? Yeah, she still talks to me about work and about mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. but it, it it seems very platonic, and um, mm-hmm. so and that's and, fine. And, and, and in those conversations, in those conversations, you listen, you understand, and and uh, she feels comfortable speaking with you, right? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Here, let's talk about this for a second or two, what a safe place really is. Yeah. Okay. So when we talk about a safe place, mm-hmm. what is it we're trying to tell people? We're trying to say to be the person, a kind of person that when your spouse opens up to you, tells you something difficult, uh, share something with you that they may assume that you're not going to like, that you are able to hear that information, not attack them, not try and control them with it, not do any, not have it. Now, I, I, I'm going to say the word negative, not have a negative response, but I don't know that that's the best way to say it because there might be some negative response. At least, not creating, a, at least not creating a negative consequence toward them. Right. You okay. want them to – because you want to create that, that friendship, that openness, that they mm-hmm. want to come to you and tell you things. Now, that doesn't mean that if they come to you and say, you know, I've been gambling all our money away – that you continue to allow it to happen. Or, or even it, that you say, oh, no problem. Right. No, that's <laughs> it not it. It's, like, oh, wow. Thank you for telling me that. Thank you for sharing. Let's work together to figure out how we're going to overcome this as mm-hmm. an example. I think it's amazing that Scott's known for this long and hasn't said anything. I think it is as well. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine I mean, it would have been interesting to have been in that car yesterday when that first line comes out, mm-hmm. that your spouse is straying. Sounds um, like the voice of God, too. <laughs> <laughs> it might have scared her. <laughs> 
I were a Southerner. She might be convinced <laughs> too. <laughs> but what I'm saying is it would have been interesting to have seen her facial reaction to that. Mm-hmm. Because, because I'm assuming that she's not, forgive me, I don't mean to sound terrible here, Scott, but I'm assuming she's not an evil woman, mm-hmm. even that you do have not implied she was. Right. But only somebody who is just totally blocked off from humanity would hear that and not have some kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, I am doing it, and now it's said right there on the radio or on the stereo right in front of me, and I don't have a reaction, would be somebody who just totally closed themselves off from mm-hmm. everything and everybody in mm-hmm. all likelihood. Mm-hmm. So my guess is she felt some kind of emotion there. Now, the safe place, then, is, is actually you... When you say transition into the safe place, actually, when you start doing smart contact, you have become safe. Mm-hmm. It may not be to the level that you wish it to be, mm-hmm. but it's not like, okay, now I'm doing smart contact. Now I'm going to transition into a safe place. Mm-hmm. If you're doing smart contact, you are doing safe place stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, just quickly, Kimberly, we don't have time to explain the mm-hmm. detail. What is smart contact? It's stopping push behaviors, managing expectations and business items together, allowing your spouse to talk to you, responding in a way that is strong and calm and gentle and taking it one day at a time. Ah, so that's the acronym SMART. That's the acronym. That's what it stands for. And if somebody wanted that, we have a really inexpensive uh, course mm-hmm. on that. It's, it's, it's so tw- good. It's $27, right? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's really, SMART really Contact Toolkit. It is so good for people who are trying to figure out how to make smart contact work. They don't understand it. They're doing no contact because that's apparently what everyone on YouTube is talking about, which makes no sense. Um, So smart contact toolkit, we go into such detail on each of those letters. We answer the frequently asked questions that we've gotten about it Mm -hmm. and the feedback that we have gotten from, I think over a thousand people total now in just this short period of time have gone through the smart contact toolkit and feedback from hundreds of those people has been, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's been so helpful. It's not that the other saying negative. It's just that you don't hear from everybody who takes it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the percentage of people responding to it, it's way above the, mm-hmm. the average response we mm-hmm. get uh, with anybody would get with any product. Mm-hmm. So how do they get this? This, If they want the smart contact toolkit, like I said, 27 yep. bucks, how do they get it? Maritilper.com. You can search smart contact toolkit, but I'm sure that our marketing team is going to put the link for it in Facebook and YouTube right now as well. <laughs> They're on it. But the thing to remember here, Scott, is this. The second you started doing smart contact, you did become a safe place because that's what smart is. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I hear you saying. Well, but I want to transition into where she starts telling me about what she feels mm-hmm. and starts dealing with those deeper things. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't push that. You have to allow that to happen. And think about it from her standpoint. She's married to you. Mm-hmm. She's having an affair with somebody else. You know that because you ran across the evidence. And, and there has to be a part of her then that she has to hold back from you for fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, typically spouses do not react well when they discover their spouse is having an affair. Mm-hmm. And if she has a, a religious belief system or a moral belief system that people should not be cheating on their spouses, then there's some degree of guilt going on inside of there as well. And so the fact that she's not telling you about that right now, I'd say it's par for the course. It's kind of where we would expect people to be. Now, mm-hmm. as you already know, if you say, well, here's how I found out. If you found out because you stumbled across something, mm-hmm. it's a whole lot easier to bring it up than if you actually did snoop. So, for right. example, if, if her phone was ringing and, and it was in that bedroom because she left it there and you looked at it and saw it was from Charlie or whatever, that's not snooping. You, you just stumbled across it. On the other hand, if you started sneaking through there looking at all of her text messages, that's snooping. And when people, and the reason we recommend people not snoop, unless unless you're ready for the divorce mm-hmm. is because when the other person gets confronted based on your snooping, mm-hmm. their reaction typically is not, you're right. I shouldn't do it. Their typical reaction is how dare you violate my privacy right. yet. 
Sometimes people have reacted the other way. Here, I know I snooped. I shouldn't have, but I found this out. We got to deal with this. And sometimes it actually does work. Mm-hmm. We can't say there's a hard and fast rule that you can't do that. But typically that works out badly. So here's what I'm hearing you say. I wanted to open up more than she is now. I get that. And one way you could definitely get to the emotions faster is to bring up the fact that you know you have evidence about the affair. That would bring it up faster. Or you may try something differently. You can actually look at her and say, based on how things are going, obviously you heard the thing the other day. I've been finding myself worrying that something's going on. Can I just talk to you about my fears? And what you do then is you speak not about, I think you're having an affair. You talk from your standpoint because of uh, how things are going between us. I worry that maybe you are not in love with me like you used to be. I worry that maybe someday you might want to leave me. You can actually talk about your emotions, your feelings, et cetera. Now, she either will respond and actually wind up having a good conversation, or she'll just kind of, oh, no, 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 everything's fine. If that's the case, she's still not ready to talk, okay? And if she's still not ready to talk, what I'm encouraging of you is be patient. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Obviously, the man's been patient more than most people so far, big time. Very. (laughs) Extremely patient, for which I am extremely impressed Mm -hmm. that you can do that. So, what was the final line on that then? Keep it. I think right. I mean, you gave a couple of different options. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, I think I would wait a little bit and see if she responds in any way. Oh, he, I mean, there's no reason to bring it up to her now. You've been waiting since Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so there's no right. reason. Unless you bring up that that uh, that audio that came up on your car, just say. Uh, right. Obviously, you see that I'm, I'm listening to things like that. You heard that. What, mm-hmm. what do you think about that? I would not start it with an accusation. I would not start it with proof of the affair. I would start it with something that just opens up a conversation. Mm-hmm. But if she's not ready, yeah. if I were you, I'd not Back push off. it right now. Mm-hmm. But, of course, it's, as always, your decision. Sure. Okay. And so now we're going to go to Mary over in Minnesota. Hi, Mary. How may we help you today? Hi, Dr. Joel, and I've um, I've been married for 26 years, mm-hmm. and um, the physical relationship with my husband has never been mutual or satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have listened to your podcast and went through the Save My Marriage program. Um, three years ago, I kind of gave him an ultimatum that things were going to get better or I was going to separate and which much um, pleading and begging and praying he did go into counseling and we've been in counseling now for almost two and a half years with various counselors including during Save My Marriage program Um, things are getting better a little bit Mm -hmm. but they're but it's far from being a mutually satisfying relationship. Okay, let me make sure I understand what you're – okay, so you're talking about sex. Is that right? I am. Okay. And so the counseling that you have been through has been primarily uh, – has it been relationship counseling or sexual counseling? Both. We've, we've we had counseling with certified sex therapists. Okay, and, and that did not help whatsoever? We rarely get to the sexual issues because um, the other communication issues um, were talking more frequently because he was pretty much um, stonewalling me from any kind of mm-hmm. meaningful conversation except how to keep the, the house going and stuff. We mm-hmm. do not have any children. This is a second marriage for both of us. 
And the counselors mm-hmm. keep saying to me, why have you stayed? Which is a good question. I just didn't want to go through a second divorce. He was a good Christian like man or so I thought. And um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the Bible does say, do not deprive each other except by mutual consent. And the game plan in our marriage was, um, I don't want, really want to have sex with you, and if you go outside of this marriage, I will divorce you. And that's what he said to you. I don't want to have sex to you with you, but if you get sex well, someplace else, not, I'll divorce not, He didn't say it in, in words, but it was always a continuous refusal. Okay. And so does he have the ability to function sexually? Yes, he does, actually. I mean, he's on a lot of medications, heart, heart, mm. heart meds, um, high blood Miss pressure meds. Mm-hmm. So I but know, he, but at the beginning of our marriage, that wasn't the case. Okay. So he was only at can, a high blood pressure. He can function. And, he can have sex if he chooses to. That's possible, yeah, physiologically yes, possible. Okay. And so yes, how and often a are you making love to each know, other? He, I'm sorry? How often are you and he having sex? Well, uh, it's been about six weeks. And that okay. was like a one-sided event. It wasn't mutually satisfying. Okay. So how many times in a, a year would you guys have sex with each other? Well, we went for 20-some years with no sex at all. None. Okay. None. Well, the passage, the passage that... Uh, the passage she's referring to, for those that are not, you know, into the Bible, she's talking about a passage in First Corinthians chapter seven, beginning of verse two, and it goes through verse five, where it says that we, if you're if you're coming from a Christian perspective, and if you follow the Bible as your holy book, it does say that we are supposed to be fulfilling each other sexually. So when he sees the sex therapist, when he visits with the sex therapist, does that affect anything at all? Does does he does anything change from that? He'll want to cuddle with me. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes that's where it begins and ends. Okay. And, and when it comes to, to the... cuddle with me, mm-hmm. I get turned on, but then I just have to put it on ice. Okay. Okay. And I have All asked right. him if he is gay, and I have asked him if he was sexually abused as a child, and he has mm-hmm. said no to both of those things. Okay. Have you asked him what he feels emotionally in in relationship to you? He says he loves me, mm-hmm. but this is a very strange way of showing it. Well, I understand that you want physical fulfillment, sexual fulfillment, and you'd certainly have that right. Does he otherwise, and this is the last question I'm going to ask, does he otherwise spend a lot of time touching you, hugging, cuddling, anything other than having sex? Very much at all? Uh, not until we went to counseling two and a half years ago. Okay, but he does now. Yes, he'd be more, yeah, he'll hug me and kiss me more often. Okay. Typically when you start looking at how do you help a relationship like this, one that's basically a celibate relationship, mm-hmm. most marriage counselors or just regularly trained counselors will start working on the relationship itself. Right. Like if we can help you actually talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Because it's very, very difficult if I cannot be emotionally open with my spouse, mm-hmm. to be physically open with my spouse. Sure. And so most counselors would come at it from the approach of let's really, mm-hmm. really help your relationship. Now, if there is a sexual problem per se, mm-hmm. that's where the certified sex therapists really become very effective. It can help you quite a bit. What I'm hearing is that they have worked both ways and it has not helped. Now, 
Yeah, the short answer is then until well, you say it has not helped. Okay, but it went from zero. Okay. To a little. A little. One. I mean, it okay. went, that's so that's movement, but it has not moved as much as Mary would like it to move. Yeah. You know, annex sex once every six weeks is sure. um, or, uh, just a few times Especially a year. Especially in 26 years of marriage. Basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm answering as a sexologist. The short mm-hmm. answer to this is there is no immediate uh, solution that's going to change this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be somehow working through a process. And, and, I mean, if there were such a medicine out there that you could take it, all of a sudden this gets fixed, mm-hmm. then wonderful. But somebody would be a billionaire. That's not right. <laughs> because they'd be selling the stew out of that thing. So the thing you have to understand then is this. It's a process. If the people that are working with you now cannot help you with that process, if you intend to stay in this marriage, and I don't blame you for not wanting a divorce. We're pro-marriage. Mm-hmm. If you want to stay in this marriage, then you've got to find somebody who can help you with this process. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure there are good counselors and therapists out there who can. But if it were I, I'd go back and concentrate more on the relationship itself. Let's see if we can get that as best we can possibly get it. Because if he can function sexually, and, and this is kind of the bottom line here, if he can function sexually, and you said that he can, if you can get the relationship where, where it should be, then even if he's not interested in sex, in other words, he feels asexual, mm-hmm. if he can function, he can still fulfill you and you can still have a good sex life together. It really can occur. So the fact that he may not be interested in it, it's kind of irrelevant. So, Kimberly, for example, when they look in the research about women mm-hmm. and, and sex drive, mm-hmm. they've discovered it for many women, many women, uh, a huge portion of women. They really can't tell the difference between arousal and desire. What that means is right. there are many women who don't feel sex desire until they get aroused. Mm-hmm. Didn't they, they remove did. that? Wasn't that one yeah. of the stages? And they mm-hmm. Desire used it. to be the first stage of the Masters and Johnson mm-hmm. thing. It started right. with desire and then went to arousal and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. And, and they just kind of locked off the desire thing because it's like if you can get aroused, it's really not important whether you have desire or not. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you start with this. First of all, I would, again, try to find somebody to help you with the relationship. Secondly, if I were you, I would do a lot more cuddling. I mean, if that's fulfilling to him, that's helping him, then I realize that you get excited. I realize that then it leads you to want to have sex, which makes you frustrated, which my guess is then leads to you chastising him. And when you chastise him, now he's pulling away from you again. And so the dance that you guys are dancing mm-hmm. ain't working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so stop that dance. If he wants to cuddle, cuddle. If you say, well, wait a minute, why should I be the one to sacrifice? It's not about sacrifice. It's about how do we get to where we need to go? Now, what steps does it take to get there? And so cuddling is a place to start, and let's just do that for a while. Then if you can, don't get angry. Don't get frustrated. Try your best. Okay. Then you evolve from that. And what you're headed toward is a situation where even if you're not that interested in sex, because you can get aroused, you can fulfill me, and in the meantime, you fulfill yourself, we need to get there. Where's the plan? And so if I were helping these two, which, you know, I don't work with couples individually, but if I were helping these two, I would start with that. Let's decide what that is for the both of you that you both can get to. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where you are. Here's where you want to be. Right. How do you get there a step at a time? Right. Because Mary's expectations may be way different from her husband's expectations of what he foresees it being, what she foresees it being. I think there's a lot of mismatch in that at that point. A lot of mismatch. In point. Right. Were you going to read a letter today? I have one, yes. Okay, good. All right. This comes from, his name is Jamie. He posted and he said, he posted one of this in one of our Facebook groups. It was this time one year ago that my wife and I attended the workshop in Nashville. That was a big turning point. 
My wife had been involved with another man for a year and a half, but she agreed to go to the workshop with me. It was our reset button. I also ended, it also ended her relationship with the other man. Hmm. I had prayed for so long that God would drive a wedge between them and going to the workshop was part of that wedge. This past year since the workshop has not been easy. It's often been very hard. Hmm. Lots of stuff to work through for both of us. Healing takes time, but Dr. Joe is right. If you get on the love path, it will bring you closer. I love my wife more than ever before. We laugh and joke and hug each other. Hmm. I can't believe how long it has taken, but it feels really good again. This has been a very long journey. I've learned more about myself in relationships than I could have ever imagined. I give a great big hug to all of you wonder- wonderful people that have helped along the way. You're the best. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. We love getting letters like that. I'm glad you started love reading it. a letter like that yes. uh, toward the end of each of our programs because mm-hmm. so many people out there in pain saying, mm-hmm. can it work? Can it work? If we could guarantee we could fix your marriage, we would, but we are not going to lie to you. Right. There are people out there who will just send me a forty nine ninety nine ninety nine ninety nine five ninety nine, and I'll guarantee you. And those people are charlatans. They're frauds. Don't listen to them. It's a process. Mm-hmm. But the process we teach, if anything works, if anything works, this will. And we hope that you follow the process, and we hope that you put it back together. We are very much on your side. If you can help us, please go to Marriage Helper. That's MarriageHelper.com, MarriageHelper.com. All kinds of resources there. Or if you want to talk to one of our client representatives to see what resources we have that might be of value to you, then you call us toll-free, 866-903-0990. That's 866-903-0990. And ask for one of our client representatives. If you already have one, please ask for him or her. We have online courses. We have coaches. We have an intense workshop. We also have YouTube. We do. So go and subscribe. (laughs) Please go. We're releasing new videos every week with different things that are of value to you. We, We read the comments. We read what you guys are saying. And we're continually creating content that we know is going to hit different questions and issues that you're running into because we mm-hmm. want to give help and hope. And next Monday, we're mm-hmm. going to be doing a Stories of Hope show. Yeah. yeah. You know, you could have told me that before we did this program, so I wouldn't have promised that gentleman I would do something else. You promised him in two weeks, so we would do the reconciliation one. You see so how much they in. tell me in advance. I For just the show next up, two yeah. weeks. <laughs> And you'll get all of these great things. But for the stories of hope, if you have a story of a testimony and an amazing, powerful story of reconciliation, or even just a change in you that you would like for us to share with the audience next week, then please send that to us or post it in one of the Facebook groups that we have. We just want to have the day of after Valentine's Day weekend, when so many people are going to feel lonely and sad and have so many emotions we want to be a place where you can come and hear some encouragement and we hope to encourage you next monday okay until then thank you